Welcome to Write Stuff Radio, where we showcase Christian authors worldwide. Each week, join me for a new author and a great new book to add to your library. Welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen, Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we are going to be talking to my returning guest co-host and contributor today, Jackie Jolene. She is the author of the new release, Sail on Serenade. And for those of you who follow the show, you know I definitely enjoyed her first book in this series. And now this is a continuation of that series. I'm so excited to talk to her and we'll be talking to her in just a few moments. I want to thank you all for your support of my newest release, A Chance for Genevieve. It's part of the Last Chance Bride series, the Mail Order Bride series book, and I hope you enjoy it. If you really like The Blizzard Bride, this is a continuation of that series that takes place 15 years after the events of The Blizzard Bride. So go ahead, pick up your copy of A Chance for Genevieve today. Really looking forward to getting your thoughts on that book. As always, we want to thank our Patreon team for their support. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash write stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. If you want to say subscribe to PJC Media, simply go to pjcmedia.net, smash your clicker on that pink button, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. So without further ado, I'm going to bring on my guest co-host today. Jackie, how you doing? Hi, Parker. I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me on your show again. It's always an honor. I really enjoy when we have good conversations because the last time we talked, we talked about the anthology you helped produce called Life, and that really resonated with a lot of listeners. Particularly, we had no idea that the Roe v. Wade would be overturned this year when it happened, and so it gives us an opportunity to reach people for Christ about the sanctity of life while still being cognizant of all the nuances and details with it. But now we're back again talking about your fictional book, Sail on Serenade. So, What have you been doing since the last time we chatted? I've been doing a lot. Like you said, uh, we had the anthology come out. So I have been trying to promote that in different venues, mostly because it was not only to raise awareness for the sanctity of life, but also because the proceeds went to one of our local pregnancy crisis centers. So um, trying to get that out there, but also working in other parts of publishing. And then I've started uh, another book. So we'll see where that goes. Now that you've picked up on this germ for writing, why do you think it's forcing you, or not forcing you, rather, encouraging you to write more? Well, actually, I've always written since I was young, and I used to just write profusely all the time, but I would say why it's become more of a focus for me. I think that it was more just the fact that I was able to do it, because I think the idea of finishing a book always sounded very intimidating to me. It always sounded like, you know, the unreachable dream to actually like write a book from beginning to end, probably because my personality is one that is easily distracted and can like, you know, want to move on to things before I've finished. And so I try to make a more concentrated effort as I've 
gotten older to stay focused on projects and see them to completion. But I think having done that definitely was an encouragement to to myself to realize that I could do it. I think that's what a lot of writers need to know. It's not that you can't do it, it's that you can do it and to keep going toward that. So what have you learned from book one to book two? What have you learned about yourself? Well, I think because I wrote them back to back, it was kind of like I was starting to pick up some pace because in the first book, it was a little like, you know, I'm kind of dipping my toe in the water. But by the time I started the second book, I was kind of starting to find my groove. So I probably learned a little bit more of how to flow with the story. And so the second one was actually longer than the first one. And I think that had something to do with it is that I started to kind of pick up the flow of it. I think, too, that with your second book, you kind of already know what the story is going to be. You've already put your toes into the water, per se, and now you're going swimming in the oceans of unknown. <laughs> so definitely, I definitely understand that. And so now we're talking about your book, Sail on Serenade, which is book two of the series. But I want to give our listeners a refresher course on the first book in the series. So the first book is about Noah, and he is a young boy who has dealt with different sickness in his life, and he lives with his overbearing aunt because his mother died when he was young, and his father is always away out at sea, and so he's been sort of like homebound most of his life by his overprotective aunt and he meets a girl who changes his world and her name is Lily and she basically encourages him out of his shell. So the first book has a lot to do with their budding friendship and with her pushing him and she's sort of like, you know, a light for him and she completely changes his world. So she kind of opens up the world to him. And so that's kind of the first one without giving too much away. And the first one is called At Ocean's Door. And what is the significance of this title is that he has been locked up in his home for so very long. And the world of exploration and adventure that he was looking for was right at his doorstep. And so that's why the first book is called At Ocean's Door. And I thoroughly enjoyed that story. Now, Sail on Serenade is the continuation of his story, but there's so much more to the concept here. And I don't want to give away too many spoilers. So what I want you to do is kind of give us what's going on in Noah's mind now that he's thinking about going out to sea. So after, like you said, you did a very good job of explaining the title, um, after being kind of cooped up and now stepping out, it's like now that the whole world has opened up to him, he starts getting mentored by a man who kind of teaches him sailing and invites him on a journey from Maine to Florida. And he gets this opportunity and decides to take it. So for him, this is like a huge step from even where he was at. So it's kind of like now he gets to kind of explore the world even further than just beyond his doorway. How important is it, just generally speaking, to have people mentor you at different times in your life? Oh, I think, you know, I think that the Bible even talks about that, like even as us as women, like, you know, teaching the younger women, because I think we all need somebody who's been there before us and can encourage us and see something in us, because sometimes we take for granted our own gifts because they're just natural to us, but other people can see that as like something significant. So we all need that encouragement from somebody who can see something in us that we could grow in and encourage us, but also to guide us in that process. So I think it's an incredibly important thing for people to have mentors in their life to really help them grow and stretch themselves and do things they wouldn't do on their own otherwise. As he's tackling this new aspect of himself, what are some new challenges that he's facing? 
Well, I think a lot of the challenges that he faces is that, you know, he's kind of going out into the world now. And so he's very naive, like having been locked up and even within his town, even stepping out of that and like the people that he knows in his town, he's still very naive and sheltered. So a lot of it is going out into the world and seeing worldly things. You know, he gets exposed to alcohol and kind of ruffian type characters and big city and even, you know, kind of women that aren't very nice, you know, so he gets to kind of experience these different things in the world. And that's a challenge to him, like what he's going to do in each of those scenarios. When we talk about Noah, we can't help but talk about his potential love interest. I don't want to say his love interest per se, but his potential love interest here. What's going on with her when we end up book two? Well, I actually, because Lily was the strong character in the first book, she was the one who was like his source of strength and inspiration. So in this book, I decided to put her through the ringer a little bit more. So she actually faces a lot of challenges. So she gets stretched too, because she gets challenged with some very dramatic things that happen to her, very tragic things. And she has to rise to the occasion and also face some big decisions herself. So she's definitely got a very central role in her own story arc. One thing that I like about Sail on Serenade is you continue their story and you can see this gradual change in both Noah and Lily's characters. And as that grows, the reader grows along with them. There are a couple of moments where I thought to myself, you got to be kidding me, Jackie. Okay. And because I know you personally, <laughs> I'm sitting there looking at you. I know I'm not looking at you. I'm looking at you. I can't believe you did this to these poor people. But I think what happens, you have the first blush of love in at Ocean's Door. It's a very nice blush, but then that that love gets, what's the word I want to use? The love gets challenged and it has to go through these rigors to know if it's going to stand the test of time. Now, how much of that is just from your own personal observations of life as you've gotten older? Hmm, That's an interesting question. Um, I think that every stage of development in any relationship, any relationship at all is going to face challenges that put it to the test. And that's how you actually can know you know, how strong that relationship is. Because when you first meet somebody, it's immediately good, right? Because otherwise you wouldn't go to that next step if there wasn't something that was an immediate draw. But I think when you get into relationship with somebody, it's only through facing challenges and those in that relationship being challenged that you can really determine whether or not it is going to last. And so I think that they had to go through that in both books to show that it was an authentic relationship that it wasn't just superficial or just, you know, about the good feelings, but that they actually help each other grow. Now, the thing is about the aunt, the aunt is also experiencing some challenges of her own because the young boy that she took care of, and I even in the first book, I do believe she came from a good place. I did not agree with her, but I believe she came from a good place. But now that he's showing this new independence and all these things, what are some of the thoughts that she's afraid of in the story? So his aunt, who was the overbearing one, um, she obviously had a very difficult time letting go of the grip that she had on him. She had her own fears and phobias, and she's a little different, you know. But I think she she doesn't, she's not nearly as prevalent in the second book, although she definitely comes into the second book. But she still has, you know, that maternal love for him. So yes, while you would read it and probably not agree with a lot of the way she handled things, you do know that her love for him is authentic. And um, she, in essence, became like, 
like his mother. So she still has those motherly feelings, but she's also at a point where I think she's grown enough through the first book to try to let go a little bit, you know, so she's not as overbearing in the second book. That's a good thing because I think sometimes there are situations in life and you hear about it where parents and caregivers of children like parents and aunts, uncles, whoever, they have to let their children go. And that is so hard. Now, I don't have any kids to let go. And I know you don't have any kids either, Jackie, but we do have nieces and nephews and those of us who have been in our lives. And as you see them grow up, you're like, I can't believe that you were a baby in my arms and now you're 18. Uh, my my two of my nephews are 18 now. And I was looking at them like, how did you turn 18? And you still want to protect them from the world. You want to put them in a bubble and keep them safe. Not like his aunt did, but you still want to keep them safe. But you realize I can't put you in a bubble. And I think that's where the significance of the title comes in, Sail on Serenade. I think that's where the title comes in at. That's just my opinion, though, Jackie. What do you think? Well, what you said about nieces and nephews is 100% true. I still care about them a great deal, even though I've known, you know, like I have a lot of nieces and nephews and ones that I was significantly close to. And it is hard to let go of anybody you care about. Sometimes it's even a friend, you know, like having to let go of a friend that you've been there for. Whatever that is, that can be a difficult process. And I think that the aunt you know, she she doesn't necessarily agree with him going off, but she decides to kind of take a step back. So I think sometimes we have to do that and allow people to make decisions that we don't even necessarily always agree with, you know, but allowing them to figure those things out. And um, as for the title of the book, The Serenade is the name of the boat. So that's also a part of it. So I try to do these little play on words for sure, but it's also because that's the name of the sailboat that he's on his journey with. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. But a serenade is a song. You know, you're serenading someone. You're, it's a, you know what I'm saying? Like you're serenading, you're going on this journey, you're going through these different trials. That's what I was thinking about. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So we talk about the various ups and downs and turns in this story. Now, there are some new characters introduced. And without giving away too much, let's talk the character that really kind of stretches Noah, because I feel like his story is relatable to so many different people. When he is forced to make some of the, some of the tough decisions here, what were you trying to share with the reader about making tough decisions that are extremely hard to do because sometimes people want to just avoid conflict and I'm one of those people I I want to avoid conflict as much as possible but life does not always give me that opportunity so were those some of the things you were trying to do with Noah's journey was it something you were trying to let the reader know hey you can do you can have you may have to deal with the situation not in the same light as Noah did but in a different light and we are deliberately being vague <laughs> so for people so I hate to sound vague but we're doing on purpose because I don't want to spoil the story for you. So go ahead, Jackie, and uh, tackle that for me. So Noah, on this journey, he is with his mentor, Conrad. And I would say that there's a lot of challenge there because they play off each other a lot. So instead of it being a lot of like Noah and Lily in the first book, it's a lot of Noah and his mentor, Conrad, who, while he is his mentor, has a troubled past of his own that he brings into the story. And while Noah looks up to him, there's still this dynamic where Noah's kind of helping him as much as he's helping Noah. So he kind of watches over Noah is almost like a father figure, but he's a reluctant father figure. And Noah looks up to him a lot, but then there are times when he's also disappointed in his behavior. So there's a lot of like dynamics there that were kind of at play too that stretched those two characters. So I know our listeners have been listening to us talk about this book. So what I want you to do is read an excerpt from the book, just the first couple of pages, so our listeners can get an idea what the book is about. You can go ahead and set it up if you'd like. I'm going to go ahead and mute myself. 
Okay, so this is from chapter one, and it kind of opens the story with where the other one left off. And unfortunately, if you didn't read the first book, then I, there might be some spoilers here. But if you did, then, then this will just give you a little teaser as to what the sequel involved. Okay, chapter one. Noah Sullivan was aroused by the sweet smell of salt water filling his nostrils. Sunlight teased him awake as it filtered through the tiny porthole next to his bed, which was snugly set at the bow of the serenade. It was a fine late September morning, and the white ship, a 38-foot sailboat he would call home for the next year, was bobbing gently in a marina in Portland, Maine. He had been at sea almost two full weeks, but made very little headway in the time since leaving his hometown of Newland in northern Maine aboard the small vessel with his new friend and mentor, Conrad. Conrad had offered to take Noah on his yearly travel south to the Florida Keys after teaching Noah to sail over the summer. Noah had employed Conrad after discovering an interest in sailing and acquiring a thirst for adventure after a lifetime of being relegated to the confinements of his childhood home, Birchwood Cottage. For the first 17 years of his life, Noah had known little of the world and spent the better part of his years sheltered by his over-anxious aunt after being left in her charge by his largely absent father. His mother died when he was still an infant, and his father coped with her loss by pursuing his career as a fisherman off the coast of Maine full-time, which meant he was rarely home. After a time of personal development, Noah hoped to rekindle a relationship with his father before receiving word that he had been lost at sea. Between that devastating loss and his Aunt Prissy's recent marriage, he decided to go seek a little coastal adventure for himself and took Conrad up on his offer. Noah didn't depart from his hometown completely unencumbered, though. He left behind his heart in the very capable hands of his sweetheart, Lily. Noah credited Lily's friendship with much of his growth over the past year, and she was also the one who encouraged him in his newfound dream to see a slice of the world. Separation was nothing new to them, as her family now resided in Boston, but they spent a glorious two months together that summer before parting and promised to put their love on hold while Noah set sail and Lily finished her schooling. While still so young, they spoke tentatively of marriage upon his return, which wouldn't be for another nine months. But since the serenade's next stop was in Boston, Noah was looking forward to spending a few days with his darling girl in the city before shipping off for the bulk of the trip. And that is an excerpt from Sail on Serenade, which is the second book in Jackie's new series. And, do, you know, I didn't quite ask, do you have a name for the series or is this your second book? Right now, it is only planned to be a two-book series. If you want to call it a series, it's only two books. I do have an idea for one that might be kind of a spinoff of some of the other characters, but I haven't fully developed that, and that's not next on my docket. You know, I have other ideas of things I'd like to write, but I do kind of have something in my back pocket if eventually I feel so inspired. I know what you mean. Sometimes you can be so immersed in a world world for a really long time that you need a break from it. So I totally understand that. So we'll just call this a duology and I'm going to call it um, Ocean's Ocean Sweet Serenade. That's what we're calling it. <laughs> we'll just make up a title already. Ocean Sweet Serenade. We'll call it that. It's a duology by Jackie Jolene. And I want to let our listeners know Sale on Serenade is available on Amazon.com. So go ahead, pick up your copy today. Now, I know you enjoyed that excerpt that Jackie read from us. And that is actually a good excerpt because it lets you know what happened from the first book without you having to read. It. But I thoroughly encourage you to pick up At Ocean's Door because that is the one that really introduces Noah and Lily and their characters. So when you follow them on this serenade of life, you'll be able to follow where the journey leads. So make sure you go ahead, pick up both books At Ocean's Door and Sail on Serenade. Now, in a few moments we have left, I have to tell people about Dory Publishing. So what's Dory Publishing and what are you guys doing right now? Well, Dory 
Broadway Publishing is um, a company that I started with the assistance and encouragement of a couple other people. And um, it's basically just an independent publisher that we just wanted a place for writers that we knew and people that we were familiar with somewhere to to kind of be under a banner of publishing. So we mostly only work with people that we know. Like it's not like they're, it's open for submissions and it's a kind of a different model from other publishing companies. It doesn't follow the traditional publishing model because it's really kind of like, um, I call it professional independent publishing because people are still responsible for their own work and publishing, but we kind of help promote and work together in different ways. We also publish a lot of articles, which Parker, you have been um, so kind to contribute too as well in some very significant ways and we're always inviting that's actually a great way to get connected with us if you like doorway publishing or you like our articles is we really encourage other authors and um, aspiring writers to submit articles to us because we're always looking for something interesting and want to encourage other writers because i'd say that is a passion of mine as i know it is yours to encourage other people in this writing journey whether they're very established or kind of just aspiring so that's another part of it I just like to connect with other people who share a similar vision and want to find a way to support our own writing journey in a significant way. And this is how Doorway was born. So. Also for our listeners, Jackie Jeline is the one who created my theme music for the show. So I want to thank her for that because when I reached out to her, I didn't know really what I wanted. I only know what I want when I hear it. I can't always express it. And she did it right away, got the uh, feel of the show that I wanted. So I want to thank her for that too. And so Jackie, in a few moments we have left, you said that you were working on another book. So what's that book about? Do you have an idea? Well, I'm kind of keeping it a little under wraps, but this one, the main protagonist is a girl and she's a bit of a tomboy and a little rough around the edges. And it kind of follows her journey into womanhood. So without giving anything away, because I'm not ready to talk too much about it, but it, it'll be a similar in uh, genre. So if you like At Ocean's Door and you like Sail and Serenade, it kind of has that classic book feeling. And that's what I'm going for once again. So it's a historical. Yes. Yeah. I, sometimes I think historical, I'm not sure if it's period or historical. I get kind of confused on that. It's hard for me to know the right words because it's kind of young adult and it's but historical, does it have to have a historical figure in it? Or I don't know, like you could, you'd probably better define that than I would, but it's definitely a period. Maybe it's a period piece, but I honestly don't know. That is something I am going to look up and find out if there's a difference between period pieces and historical fiction, because a period piece would have the feel of the period that you're working in, or is it like steampunk where you can have that feel of the period without it being historical? So that's interesting. I have to look it up. It's getting complicated. Now I'm starting to get confused. <laughs> so we'll end on that one. But Jackie, I want people to have an opportunity to connect with you online. So go ahead and tell us where we can find you. Well, mostly you can find me on my website at JackieJoline.com. Um, you can also connect with me through DoorwayPublishing.com. If you're an author or writer and you want to check out some of those articles, and hopefully that could be um, beneficial to you. As for my own website, it promotes not only my writing, I do poetry and I've done some short stories and my books, but I also do music, as Parker mentioned, which was an honor that she asked me to do the theme music. I, I have to say, every time I hear it, I just, it's just such an honor. And um, I also do photography and some other things. So if you want to kind of come into my world, please visit my website. A consummate artist is Jackie Jeline. Jackie, thank you so much for joining me for this show. I really enjoyed having you, as you already know. In the few moments that we have left, to go ahead and encourage our aspiring authors out there today. Well, let me 
me first say thank you so much, Parker, for having me on. You've been such a great support to me as somebody who kind of just jumped into the fray. I've been involved in publishing for a while, but having actually written, like you really encouraged me right off the bat and invited me on your show the first time and supporting even Doorway Publishing. I just want to say thank you so much for your friendship and your support and just your, your professional opinions when I've asked for some feedback and advice. And I just appreciate you so much. And um, to other authors and or aspiring writers, I would just encourage you that if it sounds like a big project in your head to finish a book, you don't, first of all, have to write a full-length novel like 400, 500 pages. You can start small. Novellas have become very popular, but just keep at it. And every page you write is one step closer to finishing it. And I think sometimes we look at the big overall project and it feels very overwhelming because we think that much ahead. But if we just work on it a little bit at a time, every single thing that you do to contribute to that piece is one step closer to finishing it. And I know if you stick with it, even if it takes you some time, it doesn't matter. The pace doesn't matter. It just matters that you do complete it. And that will give you the encouragement you need to go on to the next and go on to the next. Jackie, thank you so much for being with me today. And I cannot wait to have you back and have you back real soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. And we were talking today to Jackie Jolene. She is the author of the newest release, Sail on Serenade. If you want to get the first part of the story, make sure you pick up At Ocean's Door, which is also available on Amazon.com or wherever books are sold. I like what Jackie said at the end of our discussion today. She said it doesn't matter the pace as long as you get it done. What story idea are you sitting on? What's sitting inside of you waiting to be released so the world can consume your words? So why don't you just go ahead, pick up the pen and write stuff. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J and you have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day.